Today's word of God is Genesis 49 and 50. Here we can read about Jacob's last words, his message to his 12 sons. The first son, Reuben, although he was the firstborn, was cursed. By tradition, the firstborn was given twice the blessings than the rest, but Reuben did not receive that. What did he do wrong? He slept with his father's concubine, Bilhah. So his opportunity of blessings turned into a moment of curse. Next up were Simon, sorry, Simeon and Levi. They were also cursed. In the time of blessings from their father, they were cursed. Jacob was full of God's spirit when he said these words. In verse 5 through 7. Their swords are weapons of violence, for they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel. Simeon and Levi were sons of Leah. When their sister Dina was raped in the land of Shechem by the son of the ruler of the area, Simeon and Levi planned a massacre and killed every male in the city. The Lord put words of curse to their father's mouth when he spoke blessings for his family. Here you can see how God separates wars and vindictive attacks. Simeon and Levi's attack was for their vengeance in response to their sister's rape. God has clearly said that vengeance was in his hands. Vindicted attacks meant not acknowledging God's sovereignty. So the Lord made their father curse them instead of blessing them. In these words of blessings and curses, there are moral lessons we can learn. Judah, on the other hand, received lots of blessings. Verses 8 and 10. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your father's sons will bow down to you. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Scepter meant royalty. This means that the royal sovereignty will not depart from Judah. Such incredible blessings were showered on Judah and his family. Later part of verse 10 says, until he to whom it belongs shall come. He to whom it belongs, written as Shiloh in many translations, refers to the Messiah. The prophecy of Messiah is also included in the blessings for Judah. The prophecy is that the Messiah will come through the family of Judah. What kind of person was Judah? When his brothers tried to kill Joseph out in the fields, Judah stopped them. For the sake of his father, Judah even planned on secretly rescuing Joseph so that he could escape. Only because his brother sold Joseph without Judah's knowing, he could not save Joseph. God saw how Judah respected his father and cared for people. Later on, when the famine hit, when Judah and his brothers went to Egypt to buy food, Joseph hid his identity and put Benjamin in prison. When he ordered his brothers to come back for Benjamin, Judah protested and said that their father Israel would die if they left Benjamin at Egypt. 
He even offered himself as a captive. The Lord saw how Judah was ready to sacrifice himself. And that's why Judah's family received so many blessings, verse after verse. In verse 11, it says, He will wash his garments in wine. This means that they will have so much wine, they will be so prosperous, they'll use wine to wash their clothes. This blessing promised abundance and prosperity for Judah's family. Many, many blessings for Judah. Joseph was also given many blessings, as we can see in verse 22. He had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and they were promoted to the sons of Jacob. As you remember, Reuben lost his place as the firstborn. The rights of the firstborn went to Joseph, and his two sons were included in the twelve tribes of Israel. This is an amazing thing. So Ephraim and Manasseh received the rights of the firstborn, even though their father Joseph was Jacob's eleventh son, because God said so. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring. A fruitful vine near a spring would be immensely prosperous because it will always have water even in the desert. What an abundant blessing. People of the Holy Spirit like Joshua, Samuel, and Deborah were all from the family of Ephraim, the firstborn of Joseph. Because God blessed his family, verse 22 through 26 are all blessings for Joseph. Even though archers may attack Joseph, his bows will be stronger and God will help Joseph and keep him safe, is written in verse 24. Verse 25 through 26. Because of your father's God who helps you, because of the Almighty who blesses you, with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, Blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. So many blessings from God through Jacob. Let us think about what kind of life Joseph lived to have received such incredible blessings. Joseph, at the age of 17, was a prince. He was the son of a ruler. He was especially favored by his father. He was more loved and trusted than his brothers. But one day, he became a slave. When he went out to the field to deliver food for his brothers, his jealous brother sold him as a slave. A slave back then was treated worse than the livestock. He was whipped and dragged with his hands tied to a faraway country called Egypt. What a long journey it must have been. They didn't have any cars or planes back then. His status suddenly changed from a prince to a slave in a completely foreign country. No one could help him. He could depend on no one. How scared and fearful he must have felt. He must have endured the suffering in endless tears. 
Honestly, it's hard to imagine the scale of both psychological and physical pains he had to persevere through. None of us have gone through the same experience. We can only try to imagine how painful it must have been. In such immeasurable pains and loneliness, he only seeked God. He only looked to God. We can confirm this in the Bible. Let's look at chapter 39, verse 2 and 3. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success, in everything he did. It says that the Lord was with Joseph. God is with those who only respect him and look to him. God is with those that come near to him. Joseph depended on God so dearly and sincerely. Even a non-believer Potiphar could see it. Potiphar might have seen Joseph praying to God or his other expressions of worshiping God through hard work. He might have seen Joseph seeking God during his short breaks. So Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. But what happens after this? His wife tempted Joseph. Even in the face of such temptation, Joseph only cared about how God thought of him. Because he knew that God was looking, Joseph could not sin in front of God. He said, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And he resisted the temptation of Potiphar's wife. This incident puts him back in prison. Verse 21 shows Joseph's situation in prison. It says, the Lord was with him. See, wherever Joseph went, he seeked God, he worshipped God, and he depended on God. So God was with him. If he was stuck in self-pity and complained to God about his unfair circumstances, he wouldn't have received such grace. Regardless of what life threw at him, we can see that Joseph only depended on God. We should live life without depending on people. We should try to be more independent. But to God, we should always be dependent. Depending on God for everything. This is how we should live. When we depend on God and are conscious of His presence, God is with us. God is showing us this truth through the life of Joseph. We all go through big and small challenges in life. If we were to grow like Joseph, we will have even bigger challenges. Regardless, let's not despair when things don't go as planned. Let's not give up. Even when we face the high waves of life, let's say, I'm good because my Father is with me. My Father God is watching over me and helping me. Lord, please help me. And get back up. Let's hold on to God's hand and rise up. This is a key lesson we should learn from Joseph. When we do this in every situation, our lives will change. Before you know it, God will give you his strength. Your future will be dramatically different from the present. Joseph was a slave and he was treated like a livestock. 
How was he able to rise to be a prime minister? How is this even possible? A foreign slave? God's grace beyond our imagination is poured on those who depend on him. The power that was given to Joseph was so powerful, even compared to today's standards. He rose to such a prominent position. This is a blessing that is reserved for those who depend on God and who seek God's, God's help in every situation. This is a discipline. Some of the challenges in life are meant to discipline us. When you go through such disciplines, huge blessings will come. When Joseph became successful, what was he like? Let's look at chapter 50, verse 15. When Jacob died, Joseph's brothers got scared of Joseph's uh, power. Sorry, So they sent word to Joseph to ask for his forgiveness. Please forgive the sins of the servants of God. We sinned and treated you badly. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. In verse 19, Joseph says, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? How could he say this when he had all the powers of the world? These were the brothers that caused all of his pain. These are the culprits that sold him as a slave. Because of their actions, Joseph lived 13 years of his youth as a slave. Living as a slave for for a month would would have been difficult enough, but 13 years. Think about all the persecutions, mistreatments, and humiliation he must have gone through. He was treated worse than a livestock. Even so, he didn't think of revenge. Not once. Instead, he said, how could I replace God? When you think about this sentence carefully, it's actually a scary statement. This could be interpreted as, I won't take vengeance on you because God will take care of it. But what Joseph was really trying to say here was, how dare I, how could I put myself in the place of God to judge you and punish you? You planned evil against me, but God used them for our good to save many people. This is how God works. This is God's providence. I obey to God's authority. Don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. How beautiful is this? Some of us might become arrogant when we are promoted or gain more wealth and power. We might even mistreat our own families. I've seen so many people who rose to positions of power doing this. It's so easy to look down on your family. But Joseph, who had this enormous power and wealth, knew that he was still God's servant. He was saying, in front of God, regardless of the worldly power I have, I am a small servant. All things God works for the good of those who love him. As God's mere servant, I'm here to help you. This was Joseph. This was his heart. Isn't this so graceful and beautiful? A true man of the Holy Spirit. Because he only depended on God and looked to God, 
His life, even in such a crisis, stood firm. An opportunity for revenge is actually a risk. If you make the wrong decision, it could lead to a crisis. We looked at Joseph today and saw how God had to bless him so much. Let us reflect on our lives and stand as the people of the Holy Spirit that please God like Joseph did. Let us pray.